0: Welcome back to another episode of The Future Lab, Ohio's technology podcast. Today we are joined by Katherine Allshouse. Katherine is an industry-leading tech exec with extensive experience in roles spanning the commercial and industrial software business from strategy through delivery. Her experience includes large and small enterprises in both the commercial and nonprofit sectors, and she has led both technology and business operations. She also has additional expertise in contract and intellectual property law and has served as a liaison with counsel in several leadership positions. In her current role, Catherine serves as the global chief information officer and head of operations at Viva Systems, a fast-growing enterprise cloud software provider headquartered in Silicon Valley. With 2,800 employees and growing, as we'll get to, offices around the world also. They're publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange at VEEV. Catherine also serves as the site leader of Viva's second U.S. corporate hub office in Columbus. Her early career was spent in Silicon Valley at PeopleSoft Incorporated, where she spent 12 years in various executive roles, including as a vice president in the Tools and Technology Products Organization. She was responsible for product development teams, maintenance development, the Global global Support Center, security, and maintaining executive-level relationships with PeopleSoft's C-level customer base. Catherine is also a Level 1 sommelier and a concert pianist that performs regularly with high school instrumentalists. And before we officially, officially get started, I want to thank Ashland University's MBA program for sponsoring this podcast and making conversations like this possible. So a quick message from them. The world's greatest leaders utilize their business acumen to quickly adapt to ever-changing market conditions. You can start solving tomorrow's business problems today and create opportunities for all with an MBA degree from Ashland University's one-year online program. Ohio X members, their spouse, and dependents receive a 10% tuition discount. Learn more at mba.ashland.edu. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Catherine and really looking forward to it. Let's go. Welcome to the Future Lab, the podcast where we talk with and about the people, companies, and ideas building the future. From startup founders building the next unicorn, to someone leading innovation at a fortune 500 company experts in emerging technologies or people creating the cities of tomorrow i'm your host chris berry and in each episode we talk with innovators and creators to learn what they're working on and how they're doing it the one thing they all have in common they're building the future thanks for listening to the future lab let's go Welcome back to the show. And Catherine, I am so happy that you're able to join us. And to start, our first question is about growing and scaling startups, because that's something we're seeing more and more of here in Ohio, where companies are going public, they're getting acquired, they're raising big rounds of money. And, and you've been part of that. You've been in Silicon Valley. You're now at Viva, which is a publicly traded tech company. Uh, but even now, you're still continuing to grow. So, you could you talk a little bit about what that's like for companies that are growing and scaling and hitting really big numbers and adding employee counts, and what that's like for someone who's a leader at the, at a company like that?
1: Sure, um, that is that's a tough phase. The, the, it's always the uh, you know the round digits in revenue that are your inflection points as a company getting that first million, that uh, first ten million, getting that first you know order of magnitude up hundred million. Um, and same thing with employee count. But what um, what the successful startups I've been a part of have have all done is first get uh, we, at Viva. We call it clear and correct target markets. So get your target market right. Um, don't overshoot and don't under undershoot. So um, understanding how to identify you know the sweet spot, the blue ocean opportunity for your product, and then a careful growth you know, sort of concentric circle. So a careful growth out of that so wait until you have, you know, a good solid market penetration and then begin your next wave after that. So a very measured approach to addressing the market um, would be one. And the second would be getting your culture really strong from the beginning and understanding the people side of it. So um, at Viva, for example, our values are um, customer success, employee success, and speed. And do the right thing kind of arches over the whole the, the whole of it um, because business ethics were really important at Viva. That speed, that's that's a the the customer success and the speed are two things I've seen in common with uh, both of the large software companies that I've I've been a part of that were really successful. So um, customer first, no matter what. That's actually why PeopleSoft was named PeopleSoft. It was not because it made HR software. It was because they wanted to be good, easy people to do business with. Um, so getting the culture straight. Uh, from the beginning and then the pace run fast one of the reasons software companies are a good fit for the culture of northern california is because that's also the pace the entire kind of culture runs at out there now that that can happen anywhere including here everybody just has to be ready for that that pace change Uh, but if you're ready for that and uh, for the folks that have um, you know tried other types of environments where they felt like they wanted to run faster this could be a great option.
0: So next I want to ask about a trend that you've also been a part of, not just scaling companies and growing, but uh, we've seen over the past year or so, but it's been happening before then, this, uh, as some people are calling an exodus, but p- people leaving places like Silicon Valley or big coastal hubs to move to places like Ohio. And so it's an incredible opportunity for our state and what's happening here. So what was the catalyst for you to make that move with your family?
1: Yes. Um. Well, we had a second child. We were taking a good hard look at what we were paying for housing at the the casino that is the housing market of California. Uh, We decided it was probably time to cash out there. We we wanted a place that would let us provide a great public education, big believers in the public education system for our two kids, um, be close enough for us to be able to reach family we wanted to visit and also provide just a really rich set of opportunities for employment for, for us, for the rest of our career. And, uh, for us, this, this Ohio region had everything. Um, and we haven't been disappointed. We've been here almost 20 years now, raised both our kids here. Um, really, really enjoyed the area. It's beautiful. All four seasons. Uh, that's another, that's another benefit. And then one thing that companies think about that people sometimes overlook is, it's in the Eastern Time Zone. It makes doing business with Europe really easy. So, working for a global company, um, you can work, uh, you can you can share overlapping business hours um, with uh, with those folks really easily. And you know, same for the the entire Eastern Seaboard, you can work with your teammates in Boston and New York on the the same time zone. It does make a difference.
0: That's really interesting. I I it makes total sense. I don't know if I've ever thought of it quite like that. But uh, being in the Eastern Time Zone, as you said. Uh, being able to interact with Europe, I'm sure, is, is helpful mm-hmm. and nice, and then also uh, with team members or customers or colleagues on the West Coast, mm-hmm. too. And that's a good segue to telling us about Viva and what you do there, both the company uh, and then also in your roles as global CIO and also head of operations. So you lead a global team, but you're also leading the hub here in Ohio. And I'll also say that I see your CEO on CNBC pretty often, so I uh, would love to hear more about what what you and the team in Viva are up to.
1: Sure, uh, and yes, you're seeing Peter from Pleasanton, California, where our corporate headquarters is. He's uh, Jim Cramer's a big fan of Peter's, so you see him on see him on Jim Show a lot too. Um, but Viva is a $1.5 billion Silicon Valley-based enterprise software cloud company. So what Viva does is provide uh, enterprise solutions to life sciences companies around the world. Um, so think of the, 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 the process a pharmaceutical manufacturer would go through from the moment that a chemist has an idea for a new drug all the way through commercialization of that of that new drug so this is the clinical trial process the testing the quality manufacturing Um, all of this is in a highly regulated environment depending on you know european medicines agency fda for us in the us um, varies by country but the the entire thing is very closely uh, monitored and then then through the commercial launch right so Salesforce automation, customer relationship management of um, of that drug as it goes to market. It's really hard to find a Viva rep any or a pharma rep anywhere in the world like not carrying a Viva iPad. So we're an integral part of that whole process. Um, that has been a, a gratifying line of work in this past year and a half. Um, so Viva customers like Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca are changing the world with their vaccines and those vaccines and and the uh, cures or the uh, the treatments rather for COVID all flowing through Viva Software uh, on its way to the approval process. So um, we are really proud to have contributed some of the some of the speed as we support our customers and in their innovation that they're doing there. My job at Viva is I serve as the global Chief Information Officer and I also head up operations for uh, for the company. So that means I have internal IT. I have Uh, Security. So the chief security officer is part of my team. Um, I have our production data center that hosts our product itself for customers that they buy. Um, I have quality and compliance, which is all those regulatory uh, (laughs) alignments we were talking about earlier. And then global facilities and corporate real estate are part of my remit as well.
0: So 2020 and the past year have obviously uh, been very big and very disruptive for everyone, but healthcare has probably been the most disrupted and the most change and rapid pace of just impact and action and innovation. And so what has the past year been like for you and the team at Viva and the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The um, CEO, I want to say of Leo, uh, she she was talking about how the, the timelines of old for approval processes for drugs that would go five, 10 years at times will never again be OK now that we know we can do it this quickly with the same level of quality. Obviously, that's the key. And we hear uh, Dr. Fauci talking about that all the time in the approval process with the same level of quality, right? Um, But but what what we have focused on at Viva is how to support that. So anything we had, any capability we had to make that process move faster um, and improve that cycle time for healthcare providers and pharma companies to let them run really fast, that's what we focused on in this past year, in 2020, so um, CRM Engage we have we have a product that allows um, doctors and uh, pharma companies to to have a secure and approved video communication discussion about the um, the drugs and, and their effects and how they work and kind of do the sales call and do the follow up in a secure way on video. And we made that free to anybody that wanted to use it um, because that was an easy way to open up of digital innovation and channels to still have the same conversations, but remotely and still in a um, what we call GXP approved uh, way. Um, under the FDA regulations we also really um, have looked we, we opened up a capability that lets clinical trial results be sampled and studied entirely remotely so digital signatures where there used to be require a wet signature any of those processes we found that could have you know that could move faster we had it in our product roadmap it got pulled up to the front last year
0: so what does the Viva team look like now? What, what's in store for the company and uh, coming up? And specifically, I'm curious about the Ohio presence and this Columbus operations hub that you lead. I find these HQ2s or operations hubs that, that will come to places like Ohio from Silicon Valley just so fascinating and the links that they can provide and just opportunities that can be built are just incredible. So could you tell us a little bit about that, please?
1: Sure, we have about five thousand employees globally now. Um we have about two hundred of those today in our uh, in our Columbus office with plans to at least double, if not more, in size on both of those dimensions. So uh, we looked in at several different cities and areas when we chose our second us. hub. Uh, so we looked at Austin and Denver and Portland, Oregon, and Indianapolis and Nashville and a lot of the up and coming cities. but we ended up in Columbus. Um, Partly because we did have a few people here, but really more because of the uh, actually many of the reasons I mentioned earlier for my own my own personal decision to relocate here. Uh, Excellent uh, uh, talent pipeline. If you kind of look at the education system now from the employer's perspective. Right. So excellent talent pipeline local universities. Clearly, we've got the Ohio State University as a, a good general business school because that matches to a general business office, which is what the Columbus office is. It's not just engineers or just salespeople or just customer facing teams. Uh, it's all of those together. So that, that um, really led us to settle next to both two and four-year institutions that could support um, that all of those needs that we had. And then secondarily um, or additionally, with uh, with all the other great businesses that we found in Columbus, including some other highly regulated industries like insurance and banking and electrical energy and such, um, we were able to actually find some excellent, experienced, higher talent as well. So. Uh, it's a place people want to relocate. It's amazing how <laughs> many people will say, "Oh, my mom lives in Ohio," <laughs> or it, it, a drivable distance away. Um, it's it's centrally located, and uh, our staff folks can buy a house here with a nice yard. Um, and that was that was all part of the reasons that we chose to we chose Columbus for our next location.
0: So now we're going to transition to the second half of our show, where we ask all of our guests the same four questions. And the idea is we'll hear different perspectives, different takes on this, uh, and just hear what people have to say and and get different uh, varying answers, which is a ton of fun to, to over time hear them. Uh, so the first one, Catherine, is what is a challenge that you are working to solve? And that could be in business, at Viva, that could be in personal uh, life, that could be whatever whatever that you're working on right now
1: sure Um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna step aside from the technology for a second and just talk a little bit about um kind of trends in capitalism so one of the things viva has has looked at and uh actually taken some action on this year is um is really thinking about how we think about stakeholder engagement Um, because traditional this traditional corporation structure has one key stakeholder and that's shareholders um, but what we really wanted to do is, is go beyond just maximizing shareholder value. Um, we really felt like there was some more demand there that corporations consider a, the larger impact they can have beyond just shareholders. So it's kind of stakeholder capitalism. This idea has been taking root. Right. And you see organizations like the Business Roundtable and other corporate pledges that have really push that conversation forward lately and created some more awareness about it. But we wanted to be the ones that took the, the next step forward. So we actually changed our articles of incorporation as a business. Um, and now it's our legal duty to not only consider shareholder interest, but also the interests of other major stakeholders that we materially affect like customers and like our employees. So what we did is actually convert to a public benefit corporation, a PBC. Um, what is a PVC? <laughs> that would be a yeah, great question to ask. ask <laughs> because not, that is is actually very little known. So it's a it's a for-profit corporation that has adopted a public benefit corp- purpose. So this is not a B Corp. Um it's a for-profit corporation that continues to uh to solve for shareholder value, but it's also responsible to balance those interests. Um, with other other stakeholders. So it, it um, that, that's where it differs from a traditional corporation that has only one legal duty. And it, it gives public companies a way to put that stakeholder capitalism into action. Uh, it's really kind of still rarely known. But um, yeah, we, we converted. We had a, a, a historic landslide majority vote of our shareholders. Ninety nine percent of voting shareholders supported our proposal to convert. Um, which is just the vast majority of Viva's largest shareholders, as well. And we're now the first public company and the largest company ever to uh to convert to a BBC.
0: That is really interesting, it's exciting, yeah, it is. And, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, it's 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 interesting to see kind of as you mentioned some of these trends and movements. But uh, the next question, question two, is what is a favorite read, listen, or watch? So this could be a, a book, podcast, or show, and it's uh Something that could be very technical for work or something really fun to, to, to unplug at the end of the day. So uh, we hear a ton of ton of answers, which are so entertaining. So uh, favorite, <laughs> read, listen, or watch.
1: Okay. Um, well, first of all, I, I'll give you a, a quick fun answer and a, and a quick business answer. So I'm a fan of the classics on the business side. And uh, I actually asked my leadership team to read if they hadn't already be our guest from Disney because it's easy to get... It, it's easier to get the tech right than it is to get the people part of what we do, um, in, in especially an in internal technology in a business. So I don't run Viva's product development. I run Viva's internal IT department, along with some other internal facing supporting functions of the team. Um, And I I wanted to take what has been a successful framework for external customer service and use it for internal customer service. So really kind of understanding the people and humans and how we give energy back to the rest of the company. That is not something you hear a lot of CIOs talk about, but I think it's really important um, to to build your strategy around that. Um, And then on the fun side, I'm reading a fascinating biography of um, The Widow Clicquot is the name of it. The uh, the original Grand Dame, the founder of Veuve Clicquot, the French Champagne Company, who was way ahead of her time um, as a female in the early 1800s running a major corporation. And boy did she run it? So excellent book. I would definitely recommend it to others. Yeah, it was my favorite champagne. So that's what attracted
0: me to the book. That's really interesting. And, and what was it called um, again?
1: It, it's called The Widow Clicquot.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I will write that one down and, and add that to my uh, growing list of Amazon books that keep arriving at my door and I haven't had time to to read all of them yet. But uh, our third quick question is favorite place in Ohio. So it could be somewhere that you love going or if uh, family or friends are coming to town that you might be taking them. So where, where would you head?
1: Someone's coming to town. That's got to be, well, I love the air force museum. Um, if someone's coming to town, I always take them to the air force museum, but my favorite place in Ohio, that's Dayton, right? Yes. Yep. That's right. Um, which is free. So if you haven't been, please go the, the favorite place in Ohio though, has to be Hocking Hills in the fall. I mean, that's where my husband and I dated. We got engaged in a, in a little cabin up there in the woods. Um, it's a special place. It's hard to, it's hard to get a reservation these days. uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the fall, when the leaves turn up there, but um, what wonderful, wonderful place to go hiking.
0: Yeah, that's a that, that is a good one, and it's fun to hear all the different answers, like Hawking Hills or the state parks uh, across Ohio. And there's there's a ton out there, uh, which are uh, as the weather's warming up, uh, a great great reason to go out and explore. But uh, before we start to wrap up, Catherine, uh, tell us a little bit about CIO tomorrow, which is uh, a big conference event. That's happening, uh, I believe, at the end of August that you are a volunteer chair of uh, with a bunch of other Central Ohio uh, IT and, and tech professionals um, putting it on. And, and I saw it was just recently announced. And so would love to hear a little bit more about that and what you're thinking for planning that one out.
1: Yeah, no problem. I can definitely talk about that. So, um, well, first of all, let me go ahead and drop the website name. So CIO-Tomorrow.com is where you can find out uh, more about the event. The CIO Tomorrow is... Uh, it's, it's, I think it's in its twelfth year now. We always have a volunteer chair every year, so that's me for this year. But uh, it's, it's a wonderful team of CIOs. Um, that there's probably twenty of us that are planning the event and do and uh, doing the work on this. We have some wonderful leads um, that are uh, that are responsible. So we're we're creating an event that will help not only CIOs but their lieutenants, um, really uh, the the up and comers. It's for folks that are new to IT, that have their first IT job and are sort of wondering about, you know, what does a what does a leader in this space think about? Um, and it's there to really help um, understand and make sense of 2020 and the all of the change that was wrought on on business and on how businesses think. And if you weren't in front of it before with a digital playbook, um, how to get in front of it now and how to really kind of think about those disruptive trends and changes that are happening. So this isn't a, a, a book report on my implementation. You won't hear any of that uh, in the uh, <laughs> in the presentations this year. But what you will hear is a lot of interesting adjacent possible ideas. Right. So. Um, we have an excellent speaker uh, from the leadership team in uh, Amazon who Amazon Web Services who's going to be talking about trends and thinking in business, um, not necessarily you know, how to move on to the Amazon cloud. You won't hear that from him either, but what you will hear is what he sees from his vantage point across industry and across businesses. We have the leader, global leader um, of Accenture's uh, design practice coming to us from the UK, uh, and he will talk about how human-centric design and the way people think and use technology is shifting. Um, So a lot of these topics are really those kind of broader, uh, a broader look at uh, what technology is, is, um, the impact is having to shape business today. So look forward to a lot of great sessions that are really thought-provoking that you'll walk out of going, huh. That is making me think. That is our goal for the event.
0: Well, that sounds awesome, Catherine. Thank you for sharing. I believe that's uh, in Columbus, correct?
1: Yes, we'll be at the Columbus Hyatt. Uh, and that is in, in uh, August. And you can get the all of the information off cio-tomorrow.com. But um, you, you can see a save the date there and also more information about um, about. About the event itself, Tuesday, August 31st.
0: That is great. Thank you for sharing. Uh, And before we end, how can people connect with you, uh, learn more from you, learn more about what Viva's up to, reach out if they want to? uh, What are your websites or socials or anything like that that you happen to prefer?
1: Um, you can find us at Viva.com or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the, uh, that's the other easy way we are, we are hiring. We have about 45 open positions in our Columbus office right now. So please, uh, please, I would invite everybody to check those out.
0: Yeah. And I actually think that uh, we have those up at jobs.ohiox.org, which is the jobs board that Ohio X has built and we're trying to build. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for, for doing the hard part of creating them and allowing us to do the easy part in posting them. But Catherine, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your work, sharing what you're up to, uh, sharing what you and Viva have been doing over this past year, which has been critically important and the the role that you all have done there. So I want to thank everyone for listening in and tuning in. Uh, This has been another great episode. So thank you everyone for uh, your time. We will see you next week. And again, Catherine, thank you so much for being generous with your time and sharing what you're working on.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Chris, and for all that you're doing with Ohio X for our innovation economy.
0: Well, our pleasure. Thank you again, everyone. Have a great day, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.